So I'll just take a, I'll take a big gulp of coffee. That's good Foley I right there. Coffee, ah, mm. Foley's mm-hmm. House Coffee. This week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Actually, no, but believe it or not, this show is, is brought to you once again by Huawei. Introducing Huawei MateBook X Pro, winner of 27 global awards, and it now comes with Windows Hello. Unlock your Huawei MateBook X Pro with a touch of your fingerprint. Secure, fast, and no password to remember. For a limited time, get a free $300 gift card with purchase. Visit a Microsoft store near you today. Today? Today. Yeah. yeah today. You know, after the podcast. I'm busy. Right. While you're driving, listening to us, you should be driving to the Microsoft store. <laughs> That's a weird piece of advice for us to give. <laughs> Ask them why they're working with ice. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be one of those shows. Just a thought. <laughs> if it comes up in conversation, you might ask. Uh, so yeah. it's Monday. How are things? Monday. How are things with you guys? Things are technology-wise. I mean, things are stable, right? Stable. Mm. It's Monday. Like a horse. Mm-hmm. The the we certainly has... you don't have any new Macs to like destabilize things. <laughs> I saw some people really angry. So this this there was a post by Quentin uh, Carcinelli. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, so let's go with yes. Uh, He works at Rogue Amoeba. He's the CTO Mm. of Rogue Amoeba, and it was basically running down the fact that there have been, there's, like, the Macs are all super out of date. Carnicelli, Mm -hmm. sorry, I I apologize. Quentin Carnicelli. Pointing out that aside from the iMac Pro, uh, nothing has, the like, last update to a major like major update to a product was over a year ago which was the iMac mm-hmm. the MacBook the MacBook Air the MacBook Pro all got revved at WWDC last year and then there's been nothing on them since and then you've got of course the Mac Pro which nobody's expecting anything major from in the near future uh and the Mac Mini which is just ridiculously old oh god it's so bad it's so unbelievable i mean yeah. i mean the, the, so you know they 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 went through a steady progression the thing that you know makes me mad is they went through this steady progression of making them less and less upgradable which okay that's fine as long as you offer new versions every few years but if you're just going to take the out the ability to upgrade them and then you're also not going to upgrade them <laughs> what are we supposed to do i mean so the question is i guess does apple care right like do they sell Apparently enough <laughs> mac mini well do they sell enough mac minis that it's worth their time to update them apparently not apparently not i mean which, it's I'm, a, fi- which I'm kind of surprised by because every time they come up on refurb they they go very quickly which to me seems like a, a signal that they're somewhat popular i guess i would be hoping for a more substantive you know change were the mac mini to get refresh and and my colleague jason snell has talked about this a bunch on six <laughs> colors about Never heard of. uh using basically what's called a the nuc the intel nuc which are these like little mm-hmm. tiny computers that are like the size of like an Apple TV? Knock knock knock. <laughs> Sorry, maybe they get the three students. I'm, I'm actually just waiting for Lex to, 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 to like con- contribute something you know actually useful. Keep waiting. <laughs> you don't think that was useful? <laughs> it's fine. No, he can. He's like right now. He's like those Muppets that are sitting in the gallery. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know why I go to this podcast anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> they have names, Dan. Uh, I don't know what they are, but they have names. Statler and Waldorf. There they are. They're both, they're both hotels. <laughs> um, anyways, I don't know. The, the Mac Mini seems like it's not... I mean, despite the, the repeated, it's still a product in our lineup, which is about the least you can say about anything. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of interest in, in revamping them at all currently. I mean, you know, this always lasts up until it doesn't, right? Like, up until exactly. the point where they do release new ones and everyone's like, oh, it's fine again. There are currently no Macs in the refurb section. Zero. I don't know what that means. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? Like, That's is that very mean, weird. Oh, wait. Like, there's nobody's something. returning? There's either, wait, hang on. There's either something going wrong here or they're, they're updating the store or something <laughs> oh, like that. There's no, sorry, there's Moltz's no... Wi-Fi is really slow. Oh, wait a minute. Now, see, now there are iPads, but this, I don't see any Macs. This is, yeah. this is blow Which by is blow. Which is very strange. Usually there's like like at least 20 or so. I know we've talked about the, the Touch Bar MacBook Pros a bit. I see multiple refurb say... maps, by the way. <laughs> I see. I, I too MacBook see Pros, Max. thirteen point three inch and fifteen point four inch MacBook. Pros. You do okay. So there's. Yeah. Some, I've got. I've got something goofed up here. I don't know what's going. I don't know why. That's weird. You should, okay. Maybe you need a new okay. Mac oh, there, John. I'm. What am I? This is. Oh, never mind. Anyway, keep, Lex, keep you, talking were, you were saying. Me. I'm gonna figure out what I'm doing wrong. I was trying to add value to the show. So the Touch Bar Max. <laughs> I really like mine. I know that the, it is yeah, a we'll controversial knock it off, Mac. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a controversial Mac. Like some people don't like the keyboard, whatever. I will say the touch bar is the stupidest part of the Mac um, in that uh, it, the ways in which you cannot customize the touch bar are bizarre, like without going mm-hmm. out of like third party tools, which I'm not going to do. Yeah. Um, but like, see, that's the thing. I really like that third party thing, but it's such a pain in the ass and so yeah. fiddly and like, includes um, like some of the default things take you to Russian websites. And I'm like, Oh no, I don't think so. And you can expand, like you can expand the stock one and have it fill up your whole bar with all the buttons that the function road have. And then like you keep using the computer and then that thing goes away. <laughs> and it's like, hey, let me do the compacted one again. So you have an extra touch if you want to do anything. And I'm like, but, but why <laughs> I want those things there all the time. I don't just want brightness and volume. I do like, you know, you can just put your finger on and start sliding and it'll work. Like that's a convenient and helpful way to do volume or brightness, but it's just, yeah. I don't know it's silly but i love the mac itself it feels fast it doesn't get loud um i had to replace my old macbook pro you may recall which i still use on rare occasion (laughs) because it's um the fans were so loud especially while doing google hangouts and i don't have that problem at all with this guy all the the cheering of the people watching you compute Mm -hmm. (laughs) i um i see when uh, you start talking i start doing what you do (laughs) yes i'm just saying I'm I listening. feel like the Mac is continuing to develop. They're just not doing enough with the older. Like they're, they're, it's it's slower than feels like Apple. It's clearly all the excitement for Apple side is on the iOS side. And I guess to me, it's surprising that there isn't a. Here's the newest thing we're doing with the Mac each year. I get why they move a lot more units on the iOS side, but it's like if there were a cadence, if it was every two years we're going to update these things in a significant way, that's fine. But like I think the fact that it's so different from the other side is why people are like, you guys well, and, it's, and that's not anything. I feel like that's not a significant change, at least in the last 10 to 15 years. Like the Macs were always updated at somewhat unusual intervals, right? Like it was never like the iPhone where there's a new model every single year. The Macs were never like that. They 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 were kind of uh, more intermittent, and yeah, there were a couple of well, events. Speed, but there were lots of speed bumps in there. True, but like they came at weird intervals. Like it wasn't like a regular interval. I agree that they were more no, yeah, frequent. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, the question to me is, if Apple comes out, you know, in a month or two, and is like, we have like significantly updated like all of the Macs, right? Like, does that assuage 
like people's annoyances because it's like substantive updates like as opposed to coming out with like okay we've speed bumped all the max in like three months and everyone's like what the f are you waiting for yeah i don't know yeah this will this will I, hmm. <laughs> do you get the feeling that maybe that's like this is they're they're trying to get like their own processor up and running and they're like stalling well waiting for that I don't think so, if only because there's no way that that would go across the line immediately, right? Like, they wouldn't just be like, we're introducing our, we've revamped our entire lineup of Macs all with our own processor, and we're releasing them all right now, right? Like, because the engineering on that would be a pain in the ass. But I do believe that we may, like, there's, there might be a confluence of factors from, like, different things that have caused each individual model to remain like stagnant longer than they'd hoped like maybe they're redesigning a processor here maybe that keyboard problem on the macbook pro is requiring more work than they thought like maybe it's just a matter of like there are a lot of sort of weird perfect storm things happening that have you know stopped them from updating anything because you know they could have released mac updates in wwc if they had been like if they had been ready clearly they weren't ready and that's the question i would even posit that like if that's the case or if if it is your point like they're trying like john was saying if they're trying to make their own processor that can run Macs and it's just not quite fast enough yet they're like well let's give it another year whatever like i would still say that's a problem right if if, even if there are great reasons for the slowness it counts as a problem to me yeah i mean i guess it's it's a weird situation to be in because it's you're a weird situation to be in i've heard that before (laughs) (laughs) not the last time i'm gonna hear it either uh but you know i mean they can't make something out of nothing right what is this podcast (laughs) they can't make something out of nothing well no but they if they don't have a product that's ready to go they don't have a product that's ready to go the right the reasons behind that are are definitely an interesting question whether this is like them not being able they don't have the technology or whatever but i mean you know, there was there was stuff with like some of the processors from Intel. You know, the, the Intel's on its own schedule when it comes to releasing processors, and it always takes a little time for Apple to put those into effect. So I have no mm-hmm. idea what the Intel roadmap looks like. Um, but that could, you know, to John's point, if they are sort of investigating what their processor architecture is going to be for at least some of these models going forward, that could explain some of it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I it's un- it's kind of just unfortunate. I think. I think but. it's most unfortunate in the um, in the laptop segment. I think, you know, the iMac Pro was revamped not that long ago. The iMac from last year is still a, a perfectly good computer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it got announced an, an up, like a speed bump to the iMac in the fall, but it's not going to be majorly redesigned anytime soon. A 5K iMac. But the MacBook yeah. line, like that's, you know, it is tough because it is a, you know, when you want to recommend somebody buy a new Mac laptop, <laughs> trying to figure out which model that is, is definitely a little bit tricky. You know, I, um, on the topic of Apple and Macs and iOS, I, basically the topic of this show. It's an Apple, Apple Watch show, like, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's an Apple Watch show, though. <laughs> I, I agreed with John Gruber on a thing, which is very unusual for me. And so I would like to talk about it on this topic, but I got to do one other thing first. And I think I might need Moles' help. Um, but listen, listeners, if you want to know an easy way to save some money, you can lower the interest rate on your credit card debt with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream rewards consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate and no fees. Get a credit card consolidation loan from 5.89% APR with AutoPay. Choose your funding date as soon as today. John, you've checked out the Lightstream website, haven't you? I have, and it's uh, it's nicely designed, easy to use, and as I said on a previous episode of this show, um, if you have 
credit card debt, consolidating it um, on something that's low and in- much lower interest is definitely the way to go. And it's something that I've done in the past. And I recommend to people who are in the same situation. Our listeners get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash rebound. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash rebound. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for more information. One more time, it's lightstream.com slash rebound. So what I agree with Ruber on, he was talking about how Apple has long said, we're not going to make a touchbook Mac, a touch, you know, a touchable Mac, because that's a crappy angle to hold your hand out to. <laughs> you know you're not supposed to touch your Mac, right? A touchscreen Mac, right. But interestingly, all the people who are the, the Vatichis and, and, and iMikes and even me sometimes of the world, I can't put myself in their category, but I work from a, an iPad Pro built like that just lives in this keyboard case a lot of the time and you're doing exactly the same thing it's like here's another crappy ergonomic setup use your <laughs> ipad while the screen's out there the whole time and i realized that's literally how i use my ipad whenever i use it it is in the keyboard case i always have the keyboard out and that's the part that's on my lap or on the desk i'm typing on it and then i'm touching the screen at that crappy angle uh and i think that the solution that that gruber envisions of basically a trackpad in the keyboard for the iPad is 100% the way to go. I get that it would have some complexities and how does it work, but it feels solvable and I would like that. So I'm just putting I, that out there. I feel the same way about a touchscreen Mac, frankly. I mean, you, despite the presentation to the contrary, I think there's there is interesting value to be gotten there, especially now that we're talking about moving iOS apps essentially to the Mac. Like, that seems like kind of a no-brainer, but it's a question of... The, it's, it's always the fine details. I think you're totally right. Like, a trackpad and a keyboard on the iPad are perfectly fine ways to interact with them. It's just a question of how you do it. Have you yes. seen some of these these apps that have been quickly ported over? I've only um, seen the one. Con- it's a little concerning <laughs> because, um, like, if there's a date picker, it's the iOS date picker. Oh, no, that, that's terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Unsubscribe. It's absolutely awful. And you imagine, like, I mean, speaking out, I mean, and, of course, on the Mac, there would be no touchscreen. So um, imagine trying to scroll that uh, date picker. In, there are uh, with your trackpad and constantly trying to keep your i mean if it scrolled kind it of also like just you, looks it also oh just yeah, looks bad that, it's that a terrible bad. use of screen i was thinking space. the the if it scrolls using like uh like the same way you would scroll a page you know two finger scrolling like that would not be terrible but i agree it's not the best solution by far i mean no the question is whether definitely not well yeah but like again the question with these things is always if people are just going to be like, yeah, I just recompiled my app for the Mac and yeah, it's right. done, then like, yeah, that's never going to be good, right? There still have to be changes made because you are considering right. a different a different UI. But if it does, you know, 80 to 90% of the you heavy lifting for you, <laughs> sure. And some people will and some people won't. I yeah. miss the visuals of the older iOS date pickers. You know what? Like really the spinny like wheel, thing? wheel thing. Yeah. I miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just putting that out in the world. And I would like it to come back. So if somebody can make that happen, that'd be great. <laughs> I, had a, I had a blast from a past yesterday because I uh, got a new TV, another another new TV. Um, and Heard about uh, this on hook, the other show. Hooked it up to, yeah, um, my old second generation Apple TV. And uh, man, that, that interface was, I was, <laughs> oh my God, was this what it was really like? All this, all this shininess mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. Uh, startling. I had, to, I had to walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I, even like it's it's funny how quickly old iOS looks dated. Mm. The the pinstripes right. and whatnot. 
Yeah, it was so advanced at the time. It's just incredibly amazing. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I, and I remember how much people complained with the iOS 7 when they, when they did all the refresh and everything. And there were certainly problems with iOS 7, but, you know, it definitely looks <laughs> so much better than it used to. Yeah. Back back when I worked at the for the man, um we had some we had this uh, one particular web-based application that we used that had in early in the 2000s adopted the pinstripe look from from OS 10 and was and and just like never updated it. I mean just like it was you know we were I still was still there. I was still there for through like 2012 and it was like wonder why are you still using this why <laughs> what were you thinking <laughs> uh yeah yeah dan are you still with us oh i know i'm just listening i'm listening okay. quietly he's soaking it in and taking it all in we're taking turns being the ones who are adding value to the show and dying <laughs> off this week yep. no no i'm not i'm now detracting value from the show <laughs> um uh, there was a thing i was thinking about that i wanted to bring up with you guys to see if if you have any experience that relates um you know i feel like apple has been trying with ios updates to occasionally when there's a new thing at least once like first launch experience to say hey swipe over here to try this thing like if you've done a if you've set up an ios device from scratch you've seen this where it's like hey if you pull down you can search spotlight whatever um and i feel like that's lacking a bit on the mac i would say that maybe once a month and that's an average but we'll we'll go with it i teach mac users about two finger scrolling on the trackpad which mm. you guys were mentioning earlier talking about the day picker and i feel like we're not doing enough we being apple since we all are apple shells to educate apple mac users on like how to use their macs do you know what I mean? Like, there's no way the people. What made me think about this was the, all the stories of the past week or two about um, ways that Apple could make 3D touch more obvious yeah. on iOS devices yeah. using visual cues, and it just feels like every new release of iOS is adding things that if you don't know they're there, you'll never find them. Right. Like, if you're not one of the nerds who listens to podcasts like this one or reads Gruber or whatever else, like you're not going to know. Read Six Colors. Hi, Jason. Um, Jason doesn't listen, and but <laughs> but like. I feel like it's even worse on the Mac where like the stuff that happens gets less fanfare. So even fewer people know about it. Other than the scrolling though, are there, is there like a major mechanic you feel like has been really hit? Like there's stuff that's old, like two finger scrolling or even contextual menus that I think a lot of people don't know about. Yep. But even the force touching that's on the Mac, but the force touching on the Mac is like fucking useless. (laughs) I use it for definitions. Uh, I just, yeah, Hmm. I, I get that. I get that, but you don't get turned it off. I think you you can do that with a right click, so I use it for that. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't like the extra level of click on the mat on the on the force. I, don't touch. My mind. I can't. I can't yeah. quite. Um, it's weird. It doesn't. It feels I, antithetical towards the way I've used a computer for like forty years. <laughs> which one of you is the weird tap toucher? Is that Dan? Dan. Oh, yeah, that's just Brian. Yeah. Then I don't it's use Dan. it for everything, but I use it for some things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't know this is these are not easy problems by the way like I, this is i think some of the most complex stuff you want people to people know how to use their computers right people with macs and pcs frankly know how to do the things they need to do the most which is get their email and browse the web um but like i don't know when i see people trying to find the tiny little scroll bar that appears when you mouse oh, over yeah 
and use right. that to navigate. It's like, oh my God, there's a better way. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it comes up at work a lot where I'm just showing people and these people who work in tech. Uh, it's like they need online education. And if, speaking of <laughs> online learning, the rebound this is the, brought this is to the whole you. Setup? <laughs> no, the rebound is brought to you by Udemy, the largest marketplace for online learning. Whether you want to learn something new or just sharpen your skills, Udemy has an extensive library of over 65,000 courses taught by expert instructors. Ever find yourself thinking, wish I could do that? With Udemy, you can. That was my thinking voice. From web development to digital marketing to Japanese cooking courses, John, Udemy has something for everyone. Hmm. While other online learning companies charge hundreds of dollars per class, Udemy courses start at just $11.99. Plus, each course comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee for risk-free learning. If the course doesn't work for you, you get your money back every day. Students around the world choose Udemy to discover new passions, expand their skills, and even change careers. Improve your life through learning. Download the Udemy app to learn anytime, anywhere, or visit www.ude.my slash rebound today. That's www.ude.my slash rebound. <laughs> when I had to say improve your life through learning, I was going to say, because clearly listening to podcasts hasn't helped. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing if to be you learned back, here. If you back up and re-listen to the ad, you'll hear me think, can I say that during the ad or should I wait until after? You can literally hear my thought process. So enjoy mm. that. Interesting. The, um, so the Supreme Court is going to be looking at a lawsuit filed against Apple, uh, an antitrust lawsuit filed against Apple. Uh, well, so this is interesting because it's one of those things that's going to get widely misreported, is my guess, because it's not actually the lawsuit itself. The question is whether it's so it's a class action lawsuit filed by consumers alleging essentially that the Apple takes like too much of a cut from developers. But the question is, can consumers sue over this? Because they're not the ones being directly necessarily affected. But I mean, mean, it's clearly an open question because it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, That's weird. Yes, but it's. A, I mean, I think I think they should take. I I think they should take less of a cut. But um, but that seems like that's like right. I mean, the wrong way to go about all it. All this is establishing is whether or not that suit can actually like get to the point of trial. It doesn't say that they'll yeah. win once they get to trial. But I think it's right. you know part of it is just that there's a different. It's a slightly different uh, environment now than when that law that precedent was established, which I think was in the 70s. Um, yeah, indirect versus direct consumers, I guess, and so. It's interesting to see. I, I don't know that the whole antitrust thing holds water, frankly, um, by basically saying people can't distribute around the App Store. Uh, and I think, you know, that would be a huge mistake because the idea of basically you know, forcing Apple in the long term to open up the App Store would be just crazy pants. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting mm-hmm. little little footnote there. Hmm. Hmm. Eh. Is it is it is it time for picks? I think it might be time for picks. Uh, has anybody else besides me been playing a lot of Pocket Run Pool? Did we talk about Pocket Run Pool? We we have talked about it. We 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 talked about it briefly on one episode. I um let's revisit it. I want to say that it's more game than I even realized. Like, I'd been playing it and loving it. I loved the Insta tournaments. And I'm typically, when I do an Insta tournament, just so you guys know, like, I'm not bragging here, I typically rank in the top 10 in the world on the Insta tournaments. Um, just open the app now, and oh, I place number four in number 18010400. Um, so, I, like, that's what I was playing. And then Andy Bio, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Was tweeting about the game and was like, I love the high stakes pool thing. Oh, yeah. Like, What's I play, the high stakes that's pool? That's what I part? play. I play mainly the high stakes pool. 
Talk about the high-stakes pool part because it's a whole different game. Yeah, game. so the high-stakes pool thing is essentially you have a bank uh, that you start with of like, I think it's like 10000 or something, and you can make wagers. Uh, the higher the wager, the better the return, obviously. But then after your break, it adds like conditions, like trick, like tricky things, tr- obstacles. Like, for example, you might have bumpers on the table. You might have uh, death balls that if you sink, it's an instant loss. You might have a wall that trails behind the cue ball and blocks like your next shot. Uh, the balls might change sizes. Uh, all the balls could be eight balls. So it's various things. And like depending on how hard and sometimes these games, you can add multiple conditions. So you can have two or three of these going at once. And obviously it makes it much harder, but you stand to make much more money. Um, the money is not used for anything, really. It's just like fun random like to see how big a bank you can get uh and it's pretty challenging like i i've gotten so several of those are like the ones that are hardest i think are there's ones where they take away your backup cue balls so you have to like basically you can't make any mistakes you can only make one mistake uh and those are really damn hard uh because in my playing i usually make at least one uh and oftentimes i'm using up all the cue balls just to finish the match um but it's it's cool I, I will say that's that's my only objection to the tournament is like when it lands on the ones where it's like you can make no mistakes or you get only one mistake. It's like, well, I know I'm going to waste that money. Like I can just forfeit now before I do the rest of the match or I can, but like I cannot do it with that. The other one that's very similar to me is when you can only use the eight and ten pockets. Yeah. The 8X and 10X pockets. Yeah. Well, um, so if you go to the um the, the lower wager amounts have less yeah. onerous conditions. So I find you can play those yes. and add more conditions and do better. Like, for example, Everything making every ball on the table an eight ball, I actually think is hugely beneficial because it means that your your high scoring pockets move randomly yes, every time. So you exactly. have way more options for shots. I totally agree. This is deep on, on pocket pool here. <laughs> Wait, you haven't played the game yet, John? No, I have not. Oh, I think you'd like it. Like I'm not always yeah. big into uh billiard games because they have to have the right physics and whatever else, and it really does. And I'll pr- pretty much play any game that Zach Gage Yeah, this is Zach Gage, obviously. So, you right, know, yeah. also made uh what other things you made? Spell Tower. Um, um what were the other ones more recently? The, the fishing I wish, game, right? I, I, yeah, that's right. Ridiculous fishing. I don't remember. Ridiculous no. fishing. Oh, type shift. Flip. He made type shift and flip flop oh, yeah, solitaire and really bad yes. chess. Yes, he did not make ridiculous fishing. I could not get into flip flop solitaire or really bad chess for some reason. Uh, the chess one I never really got into, but um, solitaire I, I liked. do like flip flop solitaire and type shift. Yeah, I agree I with you on the yeah. yeah type I, shift, I, like, I like type shift. Lauren still plays type shift every day. Um, I do wish I could play a pocket run pool match against someone like turn based. I agree. I would, do, I would do that. I, I don't know. Did I have to? Did I pay for pocket run pool? Or I think there's was it an ad to turn off ads. I think it's ad supported, and you can pay to take off. Uh, turn so off I think ads. I turn off ads. I just my problem with the um, the tournament mode or the what the high stakes mode is. Uh, that's another IEP like to keep buying entries, or you can watch the ad. And so like if I'm on a work call, <laughs> I just have it watch ads over and over again so I can earn more rebuy credits. But like it's like when you play poker for only five dollars where you don't take it seriously. Like I make ridiculous wagers in right. Run Pool because I can get free <laughs> new stakes. So that's why I I did a lot of the high stakes pool and then went back to the instant tournaments. Yeah, so, yeah, and there's also story. the uh, there's a break of the week too, which is like a leaderboard thing for the week or like puzzle type thing, where you can try to try it over and over and try to get your best score possible. So, yeah, it's a, it's a clever game. I I'd say it's it's about my favorite uh, current game, like the sort of uh, spare time game that I play right now when it's when I'm sitting around, I got nothing else to do. Hmm. There you go, right. John. What's your pick? Okay. Yeah, Mulch, since you didn't join on, I need I a pick from you. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't come with a 
come prepared, I guess. <laughs> what, what's new? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what's There's only new? one thing every week, John. <laughs> every you, week Dan. we do picks. That's the only, it's the <laughs> only constant to this every show. Week. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't do it every week. How uh, big is the Lyft app? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Lyft, tell me more. I, that's uh, intriguing. <laughs> Uh, I did get. Oh, here's something else to throw in. While John is uh, uh, looking around, to see if he's got anything. I, I did on a whim buy okay. a couple weeks ago one of the Sphero um, robots. Mm, I don't know yeah. if you guys have used those, seen those. Yeah, we have the R2D2. I have the R2D2 as well because it was on it was on sale. It's the best. Um, I mean, well, R2 is fantastic. Uh, I hear the BBA. It's one really. Is I mean, cool, it's the though. fulfillment of a childhood dream, right? Yeah, I I haven't tried. So, have you ever have you done any of the programming stuff with that or no? <laughs> Why is he is he laughing? Is he or is he? Having I think a he's trying to do an R two D two voice because now he's trying to prove <laughs> oh, that he knows something about Star Wars. <laughs> it sounded like he was wheezing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, the not, not available. Chewy, not available as a Sphero. Uh, have you used um, any of the programming, or you just use the sort of basic control app thing? Um, I have used some of the basic control app. Um, Hank and his buddy have done some of the programming stuff. Um, the programming stuff seems like, pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they've <laughs> they've mastered it, but they've been trying. I, I'm impressed with the. Uh, like, I realized very quickly after having like a uh, definitely enjoying my first few hours using it, I was like, I have no practical use for this whatsoever. <laughs> no, I know that's the thing. I had. I, I it had is to, kind of a silly God, toy, to but do? it's delightful. At some point, I we had um, his friend had come over and the two of them were playing with it a little bit, and then um, it was like a Saturday, Saturday night or something, and so they left, and I I plugged it in and put it on the the table um, in the lit, in the dining room, and um, <laughs> it was upstairs, and I kept hearing it, <laughs> like it kept like we kept whistling like all night long, and I finally at one point I like had to go down and like. A, hook my iphone up to it and like turn the volume all the way down because that was the only way you get shut up you stupid get him droid. To shut up <laughs> shut up you adorable droid uh apparently you can watch uh some of the star wars movies with them and they will react at appropriate moments which i think is yeah i tried that a little bit it didn't it was not it wasn't as uh thrilling as i thought it might be but yeah, um that's fair but that's fair. but i think i mean i think it's a great toy and like just i mean just tooling around on the floor is it's pretty cool yeah, pretty it's, cool. Oh, by the way i don't awesome. even have that toy and i love tooling around on the floor <laughs> yeah right yeah that's what i've heard uh i actually just remembered i want to ask lex a question uh oh please do the, yeah, i we, am busy adding value over here you uh <laughs> <laughs> hi listeners <laughs> Uh, I Long time, first time. I had a question yes. for you last week, but you left the show before mm, before I could I ask that. you. <laughs> um, and this yeah, is I'm about here, like the whole show time. This time, <laughs> this is the. Uh, I'm still. I'm considering replacing the Echo in my kitchen with a Sonos One. Um, but and I was like, so I was, as I told John last week, my you know my girlfriend asked like, oh, like does it do all the stuff that the Echo does? And I was like. Oh yeah, it's it's the exact same thing. It's got all the same features, whatever. And then her first question was, "Can I connect my phone to it via Bluetooth?" I was like, "Okay, it doesn't have that." <laughs> so that went downhill quickly. Um, but yeah. it will have because she's like, "I don't want to use the Sonos app because she's very picky about these things." Um, yes. And then I thought to myself, "Well, they are adding AirPlay support for the Sonos One yes. in July," and so I basically. You're you're now my canary in the coal mine, where I have to know how well that works before I decide whether or not I can afford to swap out the Echo. I do love the Sonos One. Uh, the complaints I have are as follows: 
Um, the there are echo integrations that sometimes don't work on it like there was something that came out recently we talked about it a month or two back where you could customize some of your own echo skills like basically mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. um workflow routine, style routine, procedures yeah, for routines, them yeah. and like you would, i would try to trigger them on the sonos one it's like oh i don't work on this device and it's like well if you know that you don't then just do instead <laughs> um, how about but it doesn't you do um i'm aware of the answer but we'll not be telling you at this time um so i don't like that and <laughs> There is a button on the top of the Sonos One that tells it, hey, stop listening. <laughs> it's a touch-sensitive button. Mm. It gets grazed sometimes, like if you're just going to touch the touch-sensitive volume button. And then you're like, Alexa, 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 Alexa. Oh, my and God. We have so many Zeka, angry listeners right now. Yeah, um, really. But, and, and, angry notice, and it's a tiny little light that tells you if it's on or not. So those are my only two annoyances, is that it, it can't do everything, but it's only like super nerdy stuff that it can't do. And that it's sometimes easy to, to turn it off, to turn off its listening ability. Um, but it, I mean, I think it's great. I will happily test AirPlay 2 for you when it's out. I just don't have it yet. It's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, I've used the AirPlay a little bit more with my HomePod, and it's fine. I do like that in iOS, the latest version of iOS 11, you can actually tell Siri on your iPhone to play something on the HomePod, which is really nice. Like, that's, that's how that should have worked from day one, basically. Mm-hmm. Seemed like there were a number of things like. That. Yeah, I've seen people who are like, "Oh, now that stereo pairings out, I'll definitely buy a second one." I was like, "I'm not buying a second one of these. I, I'm not buying a second HomePod. That's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for a thing that is really only of like moderate bucks, use right? to me. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. The sound is apparently great. It, it it's apparently great, and that's fine. But I just don't listen to enough stuff on the HomePod right now that I feel like it's worth it. It's not really adding a feature that I need, but good for those. I people. met Dan's home pod, but I didn't use it. I've still never actually used a home pod. Well, you aren't missing so out we're much. Uniquely qual- we're uniquely qualified to talk about it then. Mm-hmm. Cause we're, we're unsullied by actual use. You will apparently be able to <laughs> use, um, you will be able, able to trigger shortcuts from your phone using the home pod, but they'll still execute on the phone. So I guess that's something. That is something. Is a thing. <laughs> that you will be able to do. Well, this has been, uh, this has been real. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I like talking to you guys. You know? Do you ever yeah. use that Google Home Mini anymore, Dan? The Google Home, you ever use that one anymore? Uh, that one like- I've, I have the Google Home hooked up right now because I was writing a piece that compared it with the Echo and the HomePod. Um, but in general, does it get no, a lot of You didn't have it hooked up before. No, I take I d- disconnected it to make room for the HomePod. I only have so much fucking room in my office. Yes. The way that I know <laughs> that the Google Home isn't crushing it, or may, and maybe I'm an idiot for looking at it this way, is everything that I buy... <laughs> It's like, hey, if you buy this, we'll give you a free one. <laughs> like, yeah. my cable company wants to give me a free one. Um, the all the set top boxes I could potentially buy want to give me a free one. Like, it's they want to bundle it with anything you can because they just want to get them into houses. Google wants to hear what you're saying. <laughs> what it comes yeah, down I, to. There, I put it Dust this way. Go thank a smart speaker. Thank you it for saying no my, my unspoken thought. <laughs> I will say this: it's it's capability wise. I think it works just fine. Like, there, yeah. it can do a lot. It's very functional. Um, I, I don't know why it hasn't quite caught on to the same extent, um, but it, maybe it is people being concerned about Google, or maybe it's just that the Echo's first mover advantage is still holding pretty strong. But Google yeah. is the most t- trusted tech company, Dan. What? Turn to who? I don't know. Some survey. <laughs> Nerds. They were like they were like number. I think they were like number one or. Something. I mean, I can't even remember now. But 
um yeah they were above apple which and i'm just like <laughs> okay <laughs> enjoy enjoy having all your information people doing a lot of blow (laughs) google is the most trusted (laughs) that was me trying to make the sound of doing blow write down write down people doing a lot of blow (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like we and our listeners learned a lot today (laughs) well at least one of those is true about how we conduct this show do you want to do picks of picks? I want to talk about my favorite picks that we've picked over the course of the show. I like yeah. pocket <laughs> run pool picks. What do you got? Yeah. Pocket <laughs> run pool picks. I like those when we picked that one. Uh, that was, that was pretty solid. Was I was I'm going to go with Pac Man 256 because um, I still have the high score. An insanely high score. Old school. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crossy Road. Oh no, Crossy Road. It's still it's still a great game. I mean, it's that was an that was an amazing game. I don't play it anymore, really, but. Every yeah. once in a while, I will play Pac-Man 256 just because I, I keep thinking, well, maybe I can make that even crazier, but I can't. <laughs> You're making me miss it now. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up again. Yeah. I, just, I have so much trouble going back to those games sometimes. Like, after I've, like, you know, played a lot of one game and I move on to the next thing, like, I throw it in my game folder and I never go back to them. Although I will say the other night, uh, my girlfriend and I were up visiting her parents in New Hampshire and we were, they had gone to bed early and we're like, oh, we should play a game on the iPad. And I pulled out the game Small World, which I haven't played in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is a fun game. And she had not played before. And we, we played a, a round of that. And it's actually nice. it's pretty delightful. Yeah. I do love board game adaptations on the iPad for the most part. They are. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. There's, there's occasionally like some bad. <laughs> UI is sometimes weird, right? Because if you've yes. got a board game, translating that is strange. So like I was on the plane a while back and I played a few rounds of Seven Wonders, which is one of my favorite board games. But just trying to figure out the UI was definitely a bit of an uphill climb. And I've played that game, like the physical version, a lot. <laughs> and just trying to figure out like how where I had to drag things or whatever, because it's la- it's not just like reproducing the board in front of you. And that's a choice mm-hmm. and it's fine, but it's also takes away a little bit of what's fun about it. Yeah. So I'm saying. They're not all great, but they're not all perfect anyway. Most of them are most of them are good though. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Unlike the hosts of this podcast. I'm still rolling around the floor with that BB eight or whatever it was that Mold City does with it. <laughs> Tooling. That's Tooling. the one. Tooling around. <laughs> Tooling around with R2.